1: Oh, it's a goal. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? Hello to International Breakers. Just finished. And the football has mercifully returned. We're back for another week of WGTA. And what a week it is, with defenses fueling decent scores, but elsewhere, a total abdication of point scoring, which has meant that one man in particular has come to the fore in our thinking. We are who got the assist. I'm Tom find me on twitter at wta underscore fpl my co-host who as you can probably see if you're watching or the video is isn't actually here tonight he's uh, anthony at fpl stag the lead code is 2ip43t and we're also on video we'll never we'll replace the audio but just so it's there in case uh, you want to watch unedited so i don't edit it i edit uh, the podcast i do but the video i don't search us on youtube uh, to find us there all the bloopers all included no, unfortunately, tonight, sadly, he is unwell, uh, but re- we have a really amazing stand-in. And my great friend Karam, at Karam's Heiser, seen on the Scoutcast very regularly and just talking about general stuff, mostly actually measuring how tall City players are on Twitter, doing his detective work. Uh, he's very, very kindly agreed to step in tonight. Uh, how are you, my man? Thank you so much for coming on.
0: Hi, everyone. Uh, thanks, Tom, for having me on. Great to have my first appearance on um, Who Got The Assess podcast. Of course, I wish uh, Stag uh, the speedy recovery and uh, we are ready to crack on some interesting topics ahead of us this game week.
1: Certainly are. Um, So we are recording just at the tail end of Crystal Palace Arsenal, uh, which we'll refer to. So maybe some of the scores and some of the things we speak about may change, but probably not too much. It's only the last 10-15 minutes. But today's agenda, it's a slightly different pod, actually, It's the one Anthony and I were going to do on the 200 Club. We'll come back to that chat in a couple of weeks. Uh, but instead, this week it's more of a pivot to a situation with the more expensive asset in the game. So this is a correspondence-led look at, you know, simply, should we just captain Salah, basically, all the way up to AFCON? Um, because he is just so damn good at the moment. Uh, we also chat around the crisis of the premiums if the freemium or the aggressive premium str- switcheroo strategy still work? And we might also, you know, look at maybe... Yeah, some cut price premiums um, who may be doing the business outside of the key ones who currently are failing a bit, of so likes of Son and Vardy. As I mentioned, the game is still ongoing in terms of the arsenal Crystal Palace game, but I think we can start the game at reviews, see how they go. Uh, Karim, as the guest, I mean, you're doing pretty well this year and in the top 50k. Um, how's the season gone for you and how's this game
0: gone for you? Yeah, it's pretty decent season so far. I can't remember a better start to the season than this one um, across the last few years. And I was helped massively by the captaincy returns, which we will talk about, of course, in, in this podcast. But I've got a decent returns, almost 150 points <laughs> from captaincy. Uh, but so many others have done that. And um, kind of a couple differentials on the way made made a huge difference in the rankings. So pretty pleased with that. As for the game week, I'm finishing as it seems with the current scores. Ben White is finishing one point unless he gets a header in the last minute, but I will assume it will not happen. So I'm finishing on 63 minus 4, so a net of 59 points. My heroes is going to be surely Jamie Vardy. Uh, besides Vardy and Salah, Captain C, and no major returns from anyone else in, in the attack. Sar, Gray, Antonio, Lukaku, then nothing. Uh, clean sheets from TA and Cancelo, pretty delighted with that. And Livramento, the hero, coming off the bench one more time. Um, I, I might start him next game, we you one point. <laughs> but he's coming on for Rafinha, who didn't show up after mm. we spent a lot of energy tracking his flight, but he did not make it finally. <laughs> it's a classic
1: um, Karam moment. If anyone doesn't follow Karam, do give him a follow. That Karam Tizer, is that the sort of thing he would do, um, which like, he literally did do, tracking a, a, a plane. It looked like it was Rafinha's private jet and the Atlantic from Manaus in Brazil. Uh, yeah, unbelievable yeah. dedication.
0: <laughs> Cheers. Well, uh, many, many on the community has uh, have volunteered to um, order an Uber, but it seemed um, it didn't work out at the end. But yeah, I love doing these things, so entertaining. Yeah, cool. And what, what transfers did you do this week? Um, this one I've used two transfers, including a minus four. Um, I took out Ronaldo for Lukaku, which didn't work out and Rudiger for a hit uh, to let in Cancelo so okay both transfers two points net that's a win a W it is, it <laughs> of is two is transfers but I'm well set up for the next game week um, when Lukaku faces Norwich but I have some concerns about Lukaku so early spoiler
1: <laughs> yeah no fair play fair play all right cool so I am um, I'm not doing as well as you but I did do a little better than you this week so 69 Hooray. Uh, minus you four, said. yeah. Uh, Takes me t- t- sixty five. Uh, sixty nine contingent on the Guatemal not conceding again or not getting yellow card or something. So let's see. But yeah, minus four this week elicited. I think it's a plus five positive swing. The only thing I saw, I followed you actually. I did, I did Cancelo pretty early on. I think I did that last Sunday. Uh, mm. Williams to Cancelo very, very early on. That was really planned. But the Ferran Torres debacle um, broke over this national break. So if listeners remember that I had held him since game week four on my wild card, thinking, yeah, you know, oh. this Burnley game is going to be the one. And then you find out he's got like a minor injury. It's going to keep him out for a few weeks. So I had to make a choice. Um, I was looking at two looking at Trossard looking at Saka and I went for Trossard in the end uh, I really fancied that tr- Trossard pick we'll speak about that in just a bit um but it was between him and Saka it fit, fit my rotation sort of plan fairly well because he'll be benched this week and I'll play him one more but he hit the bar a best player um looking at was... of the today but didn't quite pay off the only kind of thing that's kind of a bit of a silver lining there is that Saka um, I feel really sorry for him I love him as a guy love him as a player and I was very close to buying him now he went off with a zero pointer uh this evening um off at half-time injured. So it's a minus one swing because the Trossard got a clean sheet point rather than the minus four swing. Oh boy, sweet victory. That's number. still a win, huh? <laughs> yeah, it's still a win. Uh, but anyway, um, completely similar as you, Karen, fueled by my defence. I don't think I've seen a game week quite like it. My only return going forward was Mo Salah. Uh, everyone else yeah. Antonio Lukaku Benrama Trossard and um, at the back <laughs> I had clean sheets for Aspilicueta Christensen Cancello Trent and also Connor Cody coming off the bench with seven points after scoring wow. I don't know if anyone has seen the goal <laughs> <of> his <laughs> knee <and> went in, <laughs> in just a goal mouth scram oh it's just ridiculous like <laughs> that is but you know, this isn't going to last for me I think every week you guys will get your Livramento clean sheets and I, this isn't going to happen again but I'm enjoying. Enjoying it this week, that's for sure. It was a very weird game week. I I don't think I've ever seen anything like it where it's just been about the defence so strongly. And that Chelsea clean sheet, for example, so many people, including myself, like there's the Mbuemo chance where he hit the post. So many fine moments in that where. Basically, them having a brilliant goalkeeper in Mendy was the difference between an OK, pretty good week and a poor week for me and so many other people who are on double Chelsea defence. And finally, Anthony, I'm just going to voice over him quickly. Um, so he dumped his freemium this week after a hit. He says that after international break results and team structure reasons, he he's now got three million in the bank, but he decided to kind of get rid of Ronaldo um, and get rid of Ailing. So he did Ailing to Cancelo, so he joins us on that. Um, and he did uh, Ronaldo to Werner. He decided to wow. go double up on the attack. Uh, I think because he's not doing as well as he wants to do. I think he's kind of 760k. He, you know, was trying to you know affect that difference with a differential up front. Vern is like you no know, less momentum. own, for example. But it's not quite work this week, obviously. 57 nets, so 61 minus four, which is an okay score. He also got the, the lucky Cody goal, the memento Cancello, Sanchez clean sheets. Uh, but other than that, not really many returns, um, really. Um, but hey, you know, it took a chance with Werner and again, we'll come on to that later on. Let's pick up the objectives quickly. Um, I'm not going to speak about Anthony's. I will speak about mine quickly. So do, we did this at the start of the year just to make sure we've got that sort of thin red line running through everything we do this season. Captaincy was my first objective, do what Mikel's captaincy algorithm told us to do every week. I did with Salah and I'm very glad I did. Um, transfers in a fifth situation, take the hit. Well, I had to take a transfer this week so it wasn't really a fifth situation and uh, take a chance on form. Maybe I could have gotten somebody else in with that objective in mind actually over Trossard I guess I was taking advantage of or taking a chance on the poor form of Norwich's defense and uh, Karim and I spoke actually before the game week and I was saying you know um, I like the fact that Norwich are conceding down their left flank and Karim was like well oh, you need to get the right winger but I was like well you know he's Trossard's <laughs> playing up front and he's playing all over the pitch so maybe it would be decent enough. I don't know but it's very ropey reasoning but perhaps I can kind of give myself a small kind of half mark for that one as it were um, and and uh, Karim I mean do you have any kind of objectives that you set yourself this season or any sort of words of advice to guide your principles throughout the year?
0: Yeah, I think there are a couple of them, which I, I would say that I've sticked with them most of the season so far. So it seems that the approach I've decided on is is working. And I think the first one is is about the captaincy. I, I think this season I I decided to always captain a premium player versus a good fixture unless a decent player playing Norwich and I've got an example with Mahrez he's not a premium but he had a decent fixture against Norwich and I I got away with it I must say that
1: was was game week two wasn't it when Bruno and Salah both blanked
0: and you got a goal off the bench and it was like a huge W exactly exactly but other than that I've pretty much captained either Salah or Ronaldo. I think Antonio started the season really in a scary form, and and I captained him once when he got 11 points times two. But apart from that, I have always captained Salah or Ronaldo this season, and I think it it will continue this way. Um, There are some opportunities in the next couple of weeks, like Lukaku next game week and, and all of that. So I'm pretty happy with it, and there is no need to change it. Uh, I think the other one is the subject is quoted from you, Tom, when you launched Operation Target Bournemouth a couple of seasons <laughs> ago. So I'm, I'm calling it Operation Target Norwich where possible. And uh, the first few game weeks have really rewarded me massively. Um, Liverpool against Norwich, City against Norwich. Um, uh, Grey got an assist from there. So I've always got some points. I, I remember uh, as it stands, I've got 18 of my total points this season. Just because I targeted players yeah. against Norwich. And that's very decent. And I didn't target them the last couple, which I feel like I, I got away with it, uh, with Mopé, Trossard, or so on. They're really good shouts against against Norwich. But I'm planning to target them next few game weeks with Brentford, uh, Chelsea are facing them next. So it kind of always opens opportunity when, when managers are looking elsewhere with dealing with 3M, with, with big at the back, I find these kind of opportunities where I can punt on these players. Well, I'm happy to carry them for one or two more weeks before I move on to the next one. So it's kind of working so far. A great example for this season is basically don't get scared from the bubble. A credit to the to the to the community, the the, the structure, the template has been working really well with Antonio, Salah, and all of them. Um but when an opportunity arises. Grab them. And that's what I did with the injury of calvert Lewen, They moved to Bamford and then Bamford got injured and I had three million in the bank and I decided to go for Vardy just just because I can, basically. Uh, I was endorsed also by you. It's like, hey, follow your gut, do it. And these kind of opportunities. So yeah, uh, I think I think Vardy has been by far the best transfer of the season, maybe in a couple of seasons, actually, uh, with 27 points in three game weeks, I believe, made me ahead of the curve. So these kind of opportunities where people don't want this player, but he has decent fixtures, made me think that I should do that more often. And and something you said, that opportunities come in with players, especially in midfield early attacks. So yeah, are quite happy with it. And uh, I, I felt like I don't mind hits this season. I, I used to be cautious with hits last season. Mm. Um, but with players with a massive upside, then I decided to take it for, for example, Cancelo, he had he had the 15 points in his pocket at some point. So I went for him, even for the head. Usually on defenders, it's not worth it. But with certain players, it might be worth it. And and I feel like I've taken three or four heads this season. And luckily, they've all work out, worked paid out on, so all far. All paid off of
1: that. Yeah. No, yeah. nice. So, so far, I, I I've been it's my third, I think it's my second hit in the row this week. Um, two hits are taken so far this season and they've kind of washed their face. That's pretty much been it. But hopefully, hopefully it will come where there's one big banger. But no, cool, cool, interesting to hear that yeah. you've been thinking about what you've been doing and having that targeting strategy is certainly um mm. something that I've heard a lot of people do as well, And um, based on the last couple of years. Um quick min league updates. So our min league code is 2 IP. 403 t uh, Just got to sing it for my friend FPL Fairy Steve, who keeps asking me to do so. Um, but yeah, no, a, a decent week uh, in the mini league. Um, it's obviously not complete yet. So I can't give you um kind of uh, I, I can't say these are all finalized results. But at the snapshot that I took about 15 minutes ago, that was before uh, Arsenal just equalized, which is good for on a fan level, a bit annoying on, on an FPL level, so at least one point. But anyway, um the, the first mini league is Ryan Gers, Ryan Mackey, fifth seven points this week. Um, he brought in Cancelo as well, um, but he did also, uh, to finance that, uh, Jimenez to Alex, uh, Adam Armstrong, who didn't play, or um, well, didn't start at least, so and not the best of hits in the world. And back up second is Ryan Quinn, looking to reclaim that throne, but he took a weird decision this week, and he did a free hit. 65 points. He's just yeah. three points off his fellow Ryan now, but you know, a valuable chip used. In third, up to third. Wow, what a week for Siddharth Pai, Pye, Pai's Pipers. 82 points on his wild card. Um, really fantastic week for him. The key drivers of this were your man Karam Vardy, Ben Chilwell, and KDB. So wow. three really big differentials, less than 20% owned, driving that really nice score, all the way up from 89th, as I mentioned. In fourth, it's uh, ben Anramas. Rama still. Um, no, not still. He's been in the top 10 for a while, but he was out of it for a while. Okay, so, mm. he's, he's, so Josh ends up from 12th to 4th, 65 points this week. This all means Josway Creed loses his second spot. He's actually down to fifth now in his game of stones, just scoring 52 points. In sixth, up from 10th, it's Charles Woods. Seventh, up from 21st, Rolf Anderson um, And eighth, um, up from 13th, Maxim Malinovsky um, with FPL Ukraine. And joint ninth, Freeman joint ninth, it's Christopher Marshall, 65 points. Harry Hubrick with 68 points. And Robin Lennon with 59 points. That seems a, a rubbish uh, way to get a green arrow for, uh, in the 50s this week. There are a few in the league this week. So it's one of those sorts of weeks, isn't it? It's all a bit down to which defenders you have, basically, um, which is uh, yeah, unusual to say the least. Unusual. All right? And then the final bit of this specific little section, the introductory section, um, is the market forces. And obviously things may change. I mean, your man, Karam, is, is in the lead at the moment. Uh, 228,000 people have just transferred in Jamie Vardy and Why? finally getting the respect he deserves. Um, he's been, yeah, <laughs> there goes that differential. Um, he's been uh, bought heavily, mostly at the expense of Ronaldo. So Ronaldo's been sold by 310,000 people. People have seen enough. of the Portuguese maestro, we we've got that in just a bit. In um, second for transfers in, it's Ben Chilwell Um, after that lovely 15-pointer. He's uh, actually returned, uh, scored two weeks in a row. Uh, so 135,000 transfers for him. Um, Salah, how? How do you not own Salah? Okay, cool. 106,000 people have finally decided it's time to transfer in Salah. Um, He's good, and they've isn't done he? So. <laughs> yeah, he looks all right. Um, and they've sold uh, the likes of Jota and Pogba, and both of nearing 100,000 sales to, to, to make that happen. And there's a lot of action, isn't there, carmen of defenders. So as Aspicueta yeah. and Cancelo have been brought in by almost 100,000. And uh, Alonzo and Rudiger, who didn't play this week, have been sold. Yeah. And um, what do you make of those market forces?
0: Yeah, I would say Vardy stand out from the list. I think uh, it took it took uh, us a couple of weeks to really get convinced that Vardy is becoming an option uh, at a cheaper pl- price from compared to Ronaldo and Lukaku. I, I always thought that still uh, there would be more purchase to Lukaku ahead of Norwich. But results from Vardy over the last three game weeks doesn't surprise me in terms of um yeah. the market forces. And I I think I think his fixtures are still decent up until Christmas, to be fair.
1: Yeah, they um, really are.
0: And um Leicester kind of a, a team who I, I felt I felt in the Man United game they are turning the table around. They are still leaky at the back, but finally Rogers decided to play Nacho, which in my opinion makes a huge difference to their attack. So Last season, Nacho on the field made Vardy worse. Um, but this season, it seems that they are complementing each other. So I'm yeah. interested to see if Vardy runs out of gas by the next couple of games, <laughs> and Nacho is really the deal. Yeah, ready and um, waiting. Yeah, exactly, exactly. As as for Chilwell, I'm still not not sure. I mean, Alonso has has been great, and Chilwell as well. And I can easily see any one of them starts in the Premier League. Of course, they play midweek between now and the next international break. So it makes sense that each one of them takes a weekend or a midweek. But who who knows? Yeah, who who does what, Um, yeah. Yeah, and, and it's not it's not a surprise that Alonso, a direct swap from Alonso to Chelwell, and then Alonso starts the next weekend against Norwich.
1: <laughs> Everyone reverses it then. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah.
0: Exactly. So I'm, 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 I'm not really encouraged myself on this, but as a and counsel, I think they made sense. I think we've talked about the big at the back and Chelsea and City defence for the last couple of game weeks. And I, I guess that aligns with the market force's flow, towards these two players. So, yeah. Makes sense.
1: And the only other note I want to make, and this segues us nicely into the main theme, which we'll speak about in just a minute, is there's one player who's been bought pretty much as much as he's been sold. So Romelu Lukaku has been bought by 71,000 uh, people and he's mm-hmm. also been sold by 77,000 managers. So his oh, wow. uh, his uh, overall average sales are going to be probably around zero by the end of the week. All right, let's take a break there and we'll move on to uh, the main topic just after this who got the assist who got the assist so we're back and it's time to move on to the main topic this week and it's led by as i mentioned earlier a correspondence question and this week is a correspondence question from richard saunders irving which links into the main thing we'll be speaking about uh, for those who don't know correspondence is our weekly section they mostly pioneered by anthony where we hear from listeners who get in touch at length mainly via our gmail who got the assist at gmail.com and ask us to look at something in depth so questions, thoughts, theories, addendums, poems, songs, declarations of love. We will take it all and normally put it in uh, the second half of the pod. Um, but this week is up top as Richard's question kind of feeds into what we're talking about. Richard didn't write in a little while ago, um, but I asked him if he could slightly adapt his question. And we came up with kind of this. So Richard said that after a good early start around 70k, he started to slide down the ranks, you know. And he says that his decline has been due to his transfers. He says he's not too sure, you know, what he does with his team currently. And he feels like he started deadening his team almost for the time being. I'm thinking, he says, just get good players and good captains and leave them be. Is this just despondency or is it maybe a viable option to do this? And I think that that's quite interesting because we're hearing a lot at the moment about, especially with kind of the last few weeks and how there's been kind of a lack of reliability in the premium kind of space, whether we can just kind of, leave it basically principally of one man the question we I think that's worth asking this week just because of how consistent he has been is do we just captain Mo Salah up until the African Cup of Nations and so do we give him a very long captaincy stim let's give you some data on this quickly Salah is on 83 points at the moment no he didn't captain Firmino this week that's his overall score thus far this season but I did have a look at how this works out historically Basically, it's dominance this season. So this year, he's 27 points ahead of his closest rival, who is Vardy, as we mentioned a second ago. Seven goals, five assists and 13 bonus. He's only blanked once as well as that game week two versus Burnley that Karam avoided with Mahrez. He's on 10.38 points per game after eight game weeks, which is obviously a small sample, but decent enough just that we can mention it. That's his best start since he's been in the Premier League bar none. So last year, 2020-21, he scored like seven points by this point. He was third in the table behind Kane and Son, actually, so he wasn't top. Um, as I think they kind of just were a little bit ahead of him. Um, but last year, a bit by this point, he scored eight goals and one assist, so more goals, less assists, at 8.38 points per game. He'd actually scored 16 points less than now. And then as you move further backwards, he scored less and less. So 2019-20, 55 points by this point. He's being outscored by Kun. Um, Marne and KDB. Um, he'd scored four goals and three assists, so less goals and less assists than this time. 6.88 points per game. 55 points is 28 points less than just now. In 2018-19, 41 points. So he was actually equal 17th by this point. You no, know, He was being outscored by the likes of Edison, Ryan Fraser and Lacazette. Um, he'd scored just three goals and two assists, 5.25 points per game, 41 points, which is exactly, well, just under half what he's on at the moment and in that big 303 season people may be saying you know what tom surely that season he was doing better than now no no he wasn't um so i haven't got the temporal data cuts in terms of knowing how well other players are doing at this point but i do know um, and he was on 46 points and um, by this time that season um so 37 points behind where he is now 5.75 points per game so yeah this season the takeaway is that Mo is on fire. At this rate, another 400-plus is on the line, despite the fact been missing a couple of games due to the African Cup of Nations. I mean, Karim, initially, like, what are your thoughts in terms of how
0: Salah has performed this year? Oh, remarkable, right? And uh, The numbers speak for themselves. And to put that into perspective, the likes of the mid-price midfielders, that is Marez' Son last year, those kind of players who average 160, 170 points per season... He's now at 50% of the average of what those players can get the whole season. And we just finished up less than a quarter of the season. Yeah, yeah. That's remarkable. And I'm naturally speaking, I'm not a person who sticks the captaincy every week. I like to use opportunities, the fixtures to swap the captaincy, but he's not making it any easier. He's, he's not allowing us to even think about it like... The, the hot topic of, of the community this week is, shall we captain him this Man United? Well, Lukaku plays Norwich, like in normal situation. I would <laughs> never think of that. But you can argue you can do that. United kept only one clean sheet this season. They are, at, at the moment, all over the place. Um, And Salah is just on fire. So I wouldn't be too surprised if I see Loads a of lot of managers have, have done that. Um yeah. To me, it's still hard for next game week. But look at the uh, next game weeks, Brighton, West Ham, Arsenal, Southampton, Everton, Wolves. There's no game week where I would say mm, he might not score or return. Yeah. I think he can score against all of them. The, I think up to game week 18, where we get to ex, um, boxing days and and uh, afron time in game week 21, that's the time where we might consider taking it off him. Um, h- however, I feel like this... In a way, it brings a lot of consistency in terms of captaincy and one less decision to make every every game week, but it might take away a bit of the fun of yes. how to really be a bit maverick to gain some rank. If everyone is captain in Salah, then you pretty much rely on 10 players to, to make you the gain, And basically, maybe six or seven of them are template players, highly owned by pretty much everyone around you. So you are left out by two or three options to, to to gain the rank. And I think in game week eight or nine and ten, it's the time where you can assess your rank. In the first four or five game weeks, we always say, don't, don't look, even look at it because it doesn't matter too much. The, the, the gap is too narrow. Now it's expanding, it's taking shape on where you are and how good you are doing at the moment. And after 10 game weeks, I think, now is the time where you really need things to change. You need, for example, yeah, Salato yeah. Blank and captain, for example, Kane in game week 12-13 yeah. to yeah. make that game. But at the moment, it's not easy at all and no, it gives not. us a hard time to do that. Yeah. What do you think, Tom, of this? Are you are you tempted by just tipping the captaincy on, on him? Well, as you, as you detailed, the fixtures are more than adequate until game week 21
1: when he goes to Acom, basically. I mean, obviously there's going to be the, the gaps in time, but can I see Klopp resting him for the benefit of Egypt? No, no, not really. Mm-hmm. Um, and is he the sort of player who plays these sorts of games? I remember didn't he play Mighty Land last year for in a fixture that was a dead rubber for Liverpool? Just because he wanted to play. Like he's he's a bit like a Bruno Fernandes character where I can't really see the resting happening. Are like, oh, the fixtures good enough at, at first glance? Yes, in this sort of imperious form as well. Like he's basically scored the same goal twice, hasn't he? Uh, Versus a brilliant Manchester defence and versus a subpar Watford defence. Um, and Michel's algorithm is worth mentioning. We'd also say that he is kind of also captain for the next few weeks. Uh, but you're right. Like If you start to think about the impact on FPL, if you're losing that sort of decision because there's one player who's just so damn good, he's worth captaining. Maybe you would have seen this in the 303 season five years ago as well. It kind of pushes us to think, you know, what sort of things is this going to do to us and our experience as managers of playing fantasy football this well for the foreseeable future at least because the captain's obviously super important
0: mm.
1: uh, the last few seasons as you as you see from me captaining who the Mikel tells me to like it's been a serious Achilles Hill for me and if if basically Mikel's algorithm aligns with the fact that Salah's the easy captain, like the two things basically mean that you end up with an EO snowball. Not that those people are watching Mikel, but because he's doing so well week after week, only blank once you get, end up with this EO snowball. People are going to capture them no matter what effectively. So the impacts of that to me, I mean, you mentioned that two or three players in your team become super important. That differentials. You're completely right. It becomes so important in our teams. Like, there's a, we've got a question from FPL Elf later. But what's interesting is that there's only three players who are over 40% owned. Like, Salah is so far above all of their ownership. And there's this kind of fluidity around the mid-price levels too. There's those players coming in and out of our teams, all these 5.5s, you know, the 6.0s. And it's the importance of those kind of star players in live rank that become really important. And the other kind of couple of effects I just want to mention here um, are, one, I think it's really important to be able to spot opportunities to differentiate. I mean, maybe I'm obviously confirmation biasing myself, but Trossard didn't do that well this week, yes, but I had an opportunity to to make a difference with mm. with my team and go for an ultra-differential. Trossard's owned by 1%. And he did have Norwich. I know people, you know, Late Riser, I think As did as well, punted on Mopay. Like those sort of things, those sort of little sort of, if they come off, you're laughing. You really are. And linked to that, there's an importance of spotting good opportunities to sell as well if we're in a differential driven sort of context. So Ben Rama could be, now I don't think I will be selling him because he was very good against um, Everton, actually. But on a pure numbers game level, he could be a potential example of a player to sell. So he's 36% owned, um, including me, but the next three fixtures aren't amazing. And could he now be a full guy to a player coming in as good fixtures? So if you didn't have Embuemo yet, could you take out a well-owned player like Ben Rama, buy a low-end differential like Embuemo, and then see your rank rise? I mean,
0: Karim, do you agree with all of that? Like, Do you have any yeah. other sort
1: of impacts you think that are going to happen?
0: Yeah, I, I would say so. I mean, uh, the, the fact that we are potentially sticking the captaincy on on Salah makes us a little bit more maverick. Oh, I, I need to do something a bit more maverick to 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 increase my chances of a bigger gain. And uh, it could be it could be beneficial, but it can also fire back if you do really like maverick, not on your own way. This season, with with fans coming back, we assume that the home and away will make a difference, especially with the premium players. I I just looked quickly at Salah returns, and I can't see a a clear distinction to, oh, okay, well, Salah has hold in the home, but not the away. He actually, in four matches at home, he has double digits, and three of them, uh, the only time he didn't even return was Burnley. But also in the four away matches, he had double-digit returns, and two of them, And guess what? It's against Norwich and Watford, who, expectedly, they are not good defensively. So, in a way, I can tell that Salah at home pretty much nailed for the captaincy, perhaps. For the away ones, you really need to be targeting a team where just really mid-table or even lower when it comes to the defensive statistics. I think think, Salah can cover both aspects. Um, If you look at the next game weeks, he plays Man United away. Yes, they are not good defensively this season, but historically they have been really cagey and masters in pulling away nil-nils in in big games. And we don't have enough data for the season to suggest that this is changing. So am I going to captain Salah this man United? I'm still at the side of a no, but I can see a huge argument for that. Then The next away game is West Ham. Are they bad defensively? probably not as bad as Watford or Norwich. So there might be also a case where you can still punt on the game where Salah plays away against teams that are top or mid-table teams, like West Ham playing in Europe, Man United is a Champions League team playing for the title, potentially, and all of that. But against Everton, I think Everton, Liverpool had the history of lack of goals. I think the last one was not, but generally... So, for the next away games, I'll be a bit cautious actually. Okay. For the home ones, um, I think it would be relatively easy. Yeah. Unless, say, Lukaku playing Norwich next game week. Yeah. I mean, let, let's, is, I
1: mean let, let's think about what's been corralling us into the situation. Yeah. I mean, I I would probably kind of have sympathy with the idea <laughs> of captioning Salah every game week. But that, I'm just trying to cut through whether that is kind of something which is just based mm-hmm. on the fact the last couple of weeks have been so effing good no, yeah. 13 points that we didn't all get against City versus those five 13 points we did get against Watford in fact mm-hmm. he's not blanking the season apart from that Burnley game and, and it makes me kind of wonder are mm. the premiums otherwise in crisis? Well, I mean the premiums that we've all owned, which are the Ronkaku double up. Maybe it speaks to both sides of the debate too. So you know, people did go for the freemium. You know, they had Ronaldo, Lukaku and Salah. Other yeah. people like me were doing this sort of aggressive kind of switcheroo strategy. So I had Ronaldo out for Lukaku last week. I've had a few questions on this. So there are two mm. good ones though. Um, FPL chimp paradox basically says, how long do we give the premiums if we're in the freemium, especially on Kaku, given the recent blanks? When do we pull the plug on that strategy? And on Mm. the other side of it, um, FPL Osmo actually, and I were talking about the aggressive premium strategy. I mentioned that a few times. We'll go into that in just a second. Uh, But Adam Pritchard on our Slack um, asked the same thing. So he said, you know, premium Kaku is his plan, um, but he's wondering how long to persist with it. Mm. Um, Let's take the first part of that, though, Um, the freemiums. Um, is the freemium setup dead? Um, I'll see what you think in a second, Karen, but I think because of the City defence and Chelsea defence being so important, maybe again, that's recently just because this week was so good, plus Trent being back on the map and the likes of Son pushing onto the scene, I think the the, the call for having Ronaldo and Lukaku and Salah in your team has receded. People are becoming less interested in that, especially Ronaldo. So United are in disarray, a very small sample set. Ronaldo, um, over the first three games in the Premier League, was averaging 5.66 shots per game. The last couple of games, he's only had a couple of shots per game on average. FPL points rise in five games, Ronaldo has scored 24 points. His fellow deadline signing, Cucurella, has matched him, and Huang, another one who was signed on Deadland Day, has actually outscored him. And he's also, over the last five game weeks, so Not I'm aware he's not been in the league the whole time, over the last five game weeks, he's been outscored by players such as Ogbonna, Michael Keane, Zaha, Tielemans, and he's been matched by Timo Pukki. Dominic Calvert-Lewin has not played since game week three and is one point behind Ronaldo. But it's Ronaldo. Yes, it is. But it's certainly not worth your cash, I don't think, Karen. I mean, if you're a freemium manager or giving advice to a freemium manager now, would you be saying, you know what, I mean, you sold Ronaldo for Lukaku, It seems like you are kind of following my strategy. But do you think the freemium has just come to its natural conclusion now?
0: Yeah, I think to me, the freemium has actually never been an option to me, even when... Lukaku oh, and Ronaldo has joined. I think we have a bit of an experience from last season where we have been tempted to get, um, what is that, the KDB of the back of a great season, I think, Salah and Kane. And we struggled and we couldn't do it. And and we really concluded that we hindered the, the rest of the team by having the 3 I think this time, even if it's Ronaldo, even if it's Lukaku, you look at the returns the last four game weeks, they all blanked. Four twos, four twos for both Ronaldo and Lukaku. Um, and that's not what you expect from 11.5 to 12.5 million strikers. The only one who has been firing was Salah and, and, and Vardy, the last three, and Kane this yeah. week. Now, I think I think the thremium is done and dusted for me. I think there is a big case for shipping them out. To show you a bit how Lukaku in particular is in a crisis... Uh, in terms of attempts for shots, there are 22 strikers have more shots than Lukaku. Do you want me to name a few of them? Oh. Alan San Maximan. Okay. Okay.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. Adam Armstrong. All right. He takes loads of shots. That's okay. I can yeah. that. Mope, Rodrigo. Puki. Jordan mm. Ayo. Dennis. Jordan Ayo. Yeah. What's this time period? Last four game weeks. So Jeez. the game okay. weeks where Lukaku has a Um, Dennis. Your guy, uh third striker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yellow card magnet Dennis, yes. <laughs> Rondon. Well, Rondon?
1: no. Oh, did he no. score?
0: No, I didn't. Uh, Joe Linton. Joe, Joe Linton. Linton? Yeah, this yeah, Who yeah. had
1: more shots than, than Lukaku last four. Yeah. Okay. yeah, and
0: a guy who played only 90 minutes this season is Broya. Southampton, yeah. yeah. All of them had Breuer. more than six shots in the last four game weeks, is and Lukaku has cool. less than <laughs> it's, that. It's, it's concerning. And, and I think it's, I don't know if it's something to do with the setup of a Chelsea to feed the striker. We've said, I noticed that they are missing Mount, but Mount was back last game week. We just don't know. The, the only caveat to this, and I would still buy Lukaku if I don't have him just because oh, he plays okay. Norwich. You
1: and must. I think this is,
0: I would, definitely I would. um, For the next three, I would still buy him. I wouldn't buy him along with Ronaldo. I think Ronaldo is a sell. Um. Hmm. I don't know if there is something that is called two and a half premiums, if you consider the 10 million midfielders or strikers. But I like I like the setup, having Son or Vardy. Um, depends on how you define. Yeah, I mean, I'll hold that thought for a
1: moment, I think, because we'll come yeah. on to that in just a sec. But this yeah. aggress- the aggressive sort of premium thing where we're both at at the moment, mm-hmm. Like that's something which people have been looking at a fair bit. Yeah. Um, and obviously, you know, we both sold Ronaldo either last week or the week before. Mm. This week has got Liverpool, next week he's got Tottenham, game week 11, Man City, um, game week 12 against Watford. I mean, I, I don't think the interest are really going to be high enough to bother me there. Game week 13 against Chelsea. So he's playing Liverpool, Spurs, Man City and Chelsea in the next five. Okay, Maybe you're not too worried about Spurs, but mm. any player who's playing Liverpool, Man City and Chelsea in the next five game weeks is one that I'm not worried at all about not owning.
0: I wouldn't captain him.
1: Exactly. So, what would exactly. be the point? Yeah. exactly. Exactly. But I'm, I'm not going to be captaining Lukaku. I don't think either. But nonetheless, he's got the three teams in the relegation places next Norwich, yeah. Newcastle, and Burnley. So, yeah. if there's any time for him to turn around, it's the this data, time. Yeah. It's this time. And then his fixtures stiffen as he gets game week 12. But then Kane has got Leeds, Burnley, uh, Brentford, and Norwich. So you can do the swap. And then in game week 16, Man United's to get better. So you can yeah. get Ronaldo back in for Norwich, Brentford, Brighton, Newcastle, Burnley and Wolves, et cetera, et cetera. Of course, you could be buying Son instead of Kane and you could be buying Bruno instead of Ronaldo. I'm actually minding mm. to look at Bruno more. Um, did you know he created the most chances last game week? Um, he's 8 against wow. Leicester and over the last 6 he's created the most chance in the Premier League mm. so he's 2nd chance created his 3rd for shots will be only 6 in the box and yeah. 6 for XGI um, but I'm fairly wedded to giving Lukaku a couple more weeks at least 3 more weeks because those fixtures are so good and Chelsea are a great team they really are Lukaku was not great against Brentford that's you know, that's, that's true um, but I mean he was the highest XGI underperformer uh, versus Southampton. Don't forget, he was Mars on the offside for that Rudiger setup. Hit the posts when, and he could have gotten an assist as well. That's Pedrerazo had his shooting boots on. Yeah, he's the second highest underperforming striker over the last four game weeks. Mm. Only, only Antonio has underperformed more. Um, so I, I still think, in answer to Adam's question earlier on, that the strategy is still worth doing to have your second premium being yeah. kind of on like facing the fixtures but i can still understand why you kind of be looking at those kind of premium alternatives that you've mentioned katram because i mean uh, uh, charlie roberts wrote in and said you know can you discuss jamie vardy please i love the man i feel like he deserves more credit than he does currently and you know, you're set up i guess with vardy I and mean, he's not going anywhere and Karam was one of these people who i think he said initially oh yeah no give me a uh, X hundred likes, and I'll captain. Yeah, 300. Vardy three hundred. Yeah, yeah. And you got you got captain. You got captain Vardy, and that went really well. And you kind of bought Vardy on that sort of kind of. You knew what you were doing, but also kind of wanted a bit of a push from the community. You got it, and yeah. Vardy has been a revelation, hasn't he, for you? So you know, these premium alternative kind of players like Vardy, like Son. Maybe like Kane putting his hand up now, maybe like KDB yeah. as well. I mean, what do you think about these sort of guys, Karam, I mean, especially Vardy? Like, you, know, you were talking about just a second ago that kind of setup with Vardy in. Could that be a huge differential for people?
0: Uh, yeah, I, I think so. I think until now, they are really. Differentials. Uh, I think Vard will be the next one who will be more of a popular pick. It's really hard, even with the budget and the setup, to get to Son. I think it's easier to get to Kane from Ronaldo from Lukaku, and I think that will be the next template where people will be going on Kane based on the fixtures. And with regards, regardless of the crisis that we mentioned with with the stats wise on Lukaku, I think the next three are the games where he can. Even it out and put in some nice stars and goals, which we want. Um, but I think it's there is a really a strong case for going for Vardy up until the Christmas. There is a strong case for going for Kane based on the fixture swing in Real to twelve. Um, it would be harder to get the premium midfielder if you consider Son as a premium ten million plus or so. He's really a decent alternative and he doesn't hinder the setup as much as if you have Mane, for example, with two million extra. I think Mane also is someone, I think there was one of the questions we say, what about Mane and Salah? Salah seven goals for the season, Mane is five, so he's a bit under the radar because Salah is so phenomenal with, with everything he does, even show-wise. But Mane is also someone who we shouldn't forget. We, we've been focusing on Jota because he's cheaper, he's
1: Going to AFCON as well, that's the thing. Exactly, yeah. He's he's just not worth it because of how good Salah is. And and mm-hmm. you're right to draw the distinction between the fact that Son is 1.8 million less than Mane, mm-hmm. but he's outscoring Mane this year. He outscored him last year. He was a 200 club
0: member last year. Yeah. So. And um, uh, we're not surprised, right? Son always that, does that, always a, a 200 points candidate for the last couple of seasons at least. Um, you've got better numbers on Son than me, but he's always going to be up there. Regardless of Tottenham form or how the season has been for them, Son is one of the players that, Mr. Consistent, you know what you get from him. So we'll never say no to Son as if fit. If, if so these provide really decent alternatives, especially with the fixtures coming up.
1: I like it. I, I really like it. I mean, there's another <laughs> guy that I, I think is worth mentioning here just because Anthony brought him in this week, and I'm sure he would be waxing lyrical to defend himself about it. That Anthony brought in Timo Werner this week, as I mentioned in the kind of mm. the, 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 the updates. I know the Late Riser went that way as well, I believe. Um, I mean, that is probably the prime example of um, that ultra differential that I spoke about earlier on as an impact of um, yeah. Capsling Salah the whole time. Like owning a player like that who is explosive, I think it is in Verna to kind of to have a great day where everything goes right and he ends up getting a hat trick. But just 2.2% owned, I mean... That kind of player, Karam, I guess, is very similar to Vardy and Son in that they could do something. It's just that Vardy and Son have got that pedigree; they have been returning this year. I mean, these sort of big ticket gambles. Do you think that that's kind of the ultimate extension of what could happen if we're all captaining Salah? Like, if we've got Salah, we've got like a Son or a Vardy, we've got a bit of money left over to play with. Could we end up with these sort of you know high stakes gambles becoming more part of um,
0: the way people play? Yeah, it can potentially lead leads to that uh, i think it will still be hard to fit in more of, of those players at once given that many of us are uh, or already invested at um, man city and chelsea defenders who cross 5.5 plus i uh, i think that will be really tough to accommodate all of them but here comes the fact that you've got salah you've got the captaincy sorted potentially yeah. here comes a swap um, if you really fancy a shot on, on KDB or, or a Sun for a couple of games, you, you don't mind swapping Vardy, for example, for a Sun for two transfers and then swapping no. back when fixtures improve. So you kind of be able to do things you're not used to do. For example, I think I, we used to get a player for a run of fixtures.
1: Yeah. Form is yeah.
0: out, sell him, never look back. Yeah, yeah. But it gives you this opportunity to actually target it more of like game week by game week or two weeks by two weeks. And that's something, for example, Ronaldo has Watford in game week at 12. Everybody will be looking at Kane game week 12 versus Leeds, but maybe, maybe Ronaldo versus Watford, even if it's away, could be gold. For this, so these kind of swaps, when you have less opportunity, less um, decisions to make on the defense on Salah, it gives you that extra bit where you can make it round elsewhere, even on the opinions, even on the alternatives. Uh, I think this season will be really about making these swaps at the right time, um, which is which is not going to be easy. I I, I don't think Vardy will score eight points every game week, but when can I catch that and make the swap? That's, yeah. that's the real deal for for, for me and for many, many other managers who are looking this way.
1: And I guess it echoes what I said earlier on about making sure you're jumping on and jumping off at the right time, effectively finding those differential yeah. kind of opportunities and also getting rid of the high-owned players perhaps when it's a good time to round this bit off. Do we just captain Mo Salah up into AFCON, Karam? Well, I mean, long term, I've got huge sympathy for it, and I will be strongly considering it. But as we kind of both touched on earlier on, Kaku versus Norwich this week felt so blindingly obvious that both of us bought new Kaku over the last couple of weeks. But now, is it? it will be very close. Um, there's a huge close for Salah. And I kind of wonder if he will be differential this week because maybe people will see United as a good defensive legacy rather than in terms of recent information. One stat yeah. for you, over the last four game weeks, only two sides have a higher XGC than Norwich,
0: Watford and United. United, wow. I mean, okay, I totally get the argument of Captain Salah, but let's let's put it in another perspective. Where is gonna where is the regret going to be higher, if you Captain Salah and Lukaku bangs or the other way around? I, I feel to me, I'll be saying, oh, it's obvious Lukaku versus Norwich. Even if if Salah returns, I'll be saying, well, that might be just a, yeah, bon- okay, a bonus okay. or a plus or something. I will feel more disappointed in myself. If I don't captain Lukaku and returns, then captain Salah and doesn't. I think part of it is going to be psychology. I think for the rest of the DM weeks, uh, there is a big case for it, and I agree with that. Maybe for the next game week, it will be still uh, tough one. I feel like I'm going to captain Lukaku at the end. Uh,
1: yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm 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 going to do whatever the algorithm tells me. I think it's an interesting Tell one me. this week to have to have yeah. that kind of sure. get out rather than have to do with the fifty fifty because it's so close. Yeah. Um but it would be so obvious if it was just you were telling an alien, okay, you've got a former you know, you've got you've got to play a team of the mm. the Gravitas and Nitids that uh cap is playing versus Norwich who have just been promoted. Like as you say, like surely it's really obvious that Norwich could get turned over very strongly by Chelsea. Like I, I'm, I don't think I'm kind of. It's like one of those we have to almost have to stand back and try to be as objective as mm. possible about what you're seeing, mm. um, and I think that maybe I will be captain in yep. Um but I mean I, I'm, I'm going to do it algorithm
0: the yeah. time. Frankly, but. I mean, I mean Salah captain as we say. Well, it's also obvious he's averaging eleven points per game and he's for thirteen against City, so he can do that, and that's that's the the hard the hard part of oh, of Salah captaincy. Yeah. So up until Afcon then, karam
1: um, mm after the Man United game, do you yeah. have sympathy for the view that he could be the perma-captain? Like, I, I'm i going to go with the algorithm and I will probably be living out this sort of idea of just captioning Salah every single week because, as far as I can see on the algorithm, every week he's the winning midfielder because of that sort of near guarantee of a return. I mean, you've mentioned kind of the opportunity of going against him, especially perhaps away. I mean... Do you have any sympathy for the idea of just captaining him every week or do you think yeah. there's opportunity in that?
0: Yeah, I think there is a case to captain him almost every game week. I don't think that I am going to do that. I still think that, for example, game week nine, I'm going to twist the Salah captaincy. Right. I think in game week, um well, I'm looking at the table you just shared, game week 15, Kane against Norwich. I yeah, think the ball yeah, wolves away for Yeah, Kata. yeah. yeah. I think Salah can take Southampton over over Kane. It is Burnley. No problem with that. I think game with 16 would be close. Maybe also Salah over Kane. 17, Salah. I actually feel like maybe only two game weeks where I will twist. Game with 12 (sighs) is a little bit tricky.
1: Yeah.
0: Arsenal and Leeds, yeah, maybe both score. I think only two game weeks until 17 where I would be tempted by twisting. To say the captaincy of Salah, which is still incredible, incredibly high, right? Like, yeah, that's, that's still such a long
1: time as well. Yeah, like yeah. you know, you're, you're basically saying that apart from this week, like it's not a big finding that Salah's an amazing captain, mm. option, but it is, it is very interesting to see the sort of dominance by one individual, especially yeah. given the numbers that I spoke about at yeah. the start of the podcast. Yeah, cool. All right, thanks so much for that. Um, let's take a break there. And move on to the questions just after this break who got the assist who got the assist so we're back and it's time to move on to listening questions this week we had quite a few and um, some of them obviously did show up in the earlier section as usual um, but there are a few uh, outstanding ones just to go into oh, a bit of a muted sort of game week in some ways just because of that defense being so good and we obviously have the question on that in just a bit but the first one is a uh, go on Go on, go on, leave me Brentless. Yes, it's about Brentford. It's Benny Blanco um, who cropped up in DM um, this week. First off, who said that um, Brentford's relentless display, being relentless, lol, is a double up of. does that mean the double up of uh, Mbwemo and Tony could be a a way to go? And they've been really, really good. And he asks as well, if you can only pick one, who is better option? Uh, FPL Reaper asked the same question. Um, Is the double up too much? And the season keepers say is Mbwemo himself used to shoot up to the top of watch lists when those woodwork batterings start to convert into goals. Now, Karim, I did a bit of work on this. Um, I uh, I noted, of course, that Mbwemo had hit the woodwork six times this season, yeah. and five more than any player. Um, Lowe's are actually on one. So he's got 6 Everyone Evernol's got one. He's wow. quite the specialist. Do you think that any player over the last 10 seasons has hit the woodwork as many times as he has after game week eight?
0: No, I don't, I
1: don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. It's not. My answer will be no. <laughs> okay. And the closest actually is, uh, so he has, yeah, he's hit the woodwork more times than any player ever over the last 10 years um, oh. after eight game weeks. The closest is Kane in 2017-18, who hit the woodwork five times. Um, last year, um, Trossard, Hit the woodwork four times over this point last year, uh, but wow. before that, you know, you're looking at you know, Kun 2018 19, Leroy Fur 2014 15 hitting the woodwork three times, and then every other year, the likes of Rash Jimenez 2019 20, and Wilshire and Wilson 2017. Sanchez, 2015, 16, Van Persie, 2013, 14, and 2011, 12, and the likes of Russell Martin, Jaggy Elka, and David Silver, 2012 and 13, hitting the woodwork all times two. So, yeah, unprecedented how much Mbuemo has hit the woodwork this year. But I digress. I digress. Uh, we'll talk about the double up in a minute. But obviously, a couple of questions were around kind of um, Mbuemo and, well, Ben Blanco said, which one would you get if you had to get one? Uh, season P said, you know, he's going he to be pushing up the watch lists. And Bremo is actually second for non-PenXG so far this season. Just 0. 0.02, Karam, off Lukaku. He's also wow. the fourth highest underperforming player. Uh, Tra- Traore Trinsal and Elian nusi join in there. It's all that would work. Um, but the heat map and the shot heat map are all very central always looking for a second ball. And if you throw Mbwemo and Tony into a comparison metrics via the hardball, via the scout, Tony wins out on creativity. He's on pens, but in terms of pen box touches, attempts numbers, and frequency, Mbwemo's ahead. If you factor in, I think that that 0.9 million difference as well between the two of them, I just kind of think that Embuemo is better value at the moment if you are <laughs> picking one. If you're picking one, Karan, which way would you go?
0: With... The availability of other options in attack, I would, from a statistical perspective, I would go on Bueno, even as a player, even as an out of position five point five, perhaps five point six. Now, um, midfielder, I think his value would be ridiculous. I think he didn't kick in yet with the hit ball, with the woodwork, but that certainly will will convert into goals, and the fixtures has backed that up. I, I don't have anyone from Brentford. But well, I'm considering even the triple up with a, a new goalkeeper because I'm fed up with Melièr. <laughs> then I might go for Ryan and Tony so. feel that <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking, I'm, I'm looking a... at Guaita to Ryan and two weeks. Yeah. just like, oh,
1: yeah, could definitely yeah. do that. Just get I, I rid need, of Guaita. Oh, I, I need I some tips guy. from you on a
0: goalkeeper transfer. <laughs> no, you
1: don't We don't want tips from me. This is the opposite. Anyway, we digress. Keep going, Yes, Buomo.
0: Yes. Buomo. So the next fixtures, are, he plays Leicester, which I don't think it's a too bad fixture from a, an attacking perspective. And Burnley, Norwich, Newcastle, Everton. So for almost a 12 million, or even less you get two attacking players with what I think really incredible value why not even both of them now the question would be okay Tony will come at the expense of whom now to me I actually think with the setup I have it will be Antonio believe it or not yeah but his stats regressed really in the last five years he he also
1: is the highest underperforming striker of the last four weeks
0: though yeah yeah totally agree and I, that's, that's the thing. If you need to pick up one and you really are sticking with Antonio, then I think there is a bigger opportunity to get Buemo, 5.5. Not many options uh, at that price. And I don't think he's a player where in two, three games with Stambi you'll be, oh, I want to ship him out for someone else and you will starting to find an alternative. I think from what we've seen from an eye stats and the fact that he hit the post- many times (laughs) that represents another fact that he is playing in really decent positions in a decent team attacking wise I think there is more to come from him but I wouldn't mind both of them I think Tony and Buemo are both decent for value I don't think it will hinder the structure of the team the question you have to decide on is okay Tony Lukaku perhaps and who's the third one is it Antonio? is it a vardy I mean, could, could you take
1: a the, the fifth midfielder out of the equation though because i mean there's always yeah. kind of just saying right and bueno is your fourth midfielder at least Tony's yeah. your third striker and your fifth midfielder is like a brown hill or something like that yeah or alan, mean, deep. It, 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 yeah, it's it's alan deep yes <laughs> definitely alan deep It's it so doable i mean the brentford attack data hasn't quite set the world to light but considering they've played Chelsea, Liverpool, and, and they're very defensive Bryson already, being eight for non pen XG is really nothing to be like, concerned about. And they're big underperformance as well in areas. So I'm realizing yeah. XA for them is actually really high. I mean, Leicester, Burnley, Norwich, Newcastle, next four aren't brilliant, as you mentioned, but Norwich, Newcastle, Newcastle, including more goals than the other team. Norwich's defensive data isn't great. Had the price though, that is really interesting, especially with as you infer, the quiet Antonians I spoke about earlier, a quiet Ben Rama hanging mm. around. Like could there be a nice sort of fixture that shift? Into mm. the Brentford pickup. I mean, as a Reaper kind of asked about that, didn't he? Said, you know, is double up too much? I mean, for me, I'm probably going to leave it be in the 442 for the moment, but I've got Christensen. Mm. I could move Christensen to Livramento and upgrade Dennis to Tony next week. Mm-hmm. And if I roll this week, which I'm very much looking at doing, and I can't deny I've to that several times with covetous eyes. Like, I think that that would be one that I really like to do and mm. kind of revert to a Pretty vanilla 3 4 3. I think that that'd probably be okay, um, especially because the fixtures are okay. And from the eye test, I mean, as I said, they the eighth non XG thus far this season, but to the eye as well, they're creating a lot. They play on the front foot and they have played some fairly kind of defensively strong teams. So yeah. I- I'm not going to say no or close the door to the double attack.
0: Yeah, I agree. And if you look at the setup again, we've seen many managers are moving big at the back. Maybe at least they have four defenders to play with and that makes it like a four-four-two or a four-three-three. Question is, can you consider him when a third midfielder? I would imagine that the likes of Rafinha, Ooh, Jota, if you a... still have him, maybe they are, would oh. be the second one. Uh, so bit... Going
1: very big at the back, aren't you, if he's your third midfielder?
0: Yeah, yeah. Would you consider Muguemo as a third midfielder? I think there's a case for a yes. I just wouldn't like it too much to have a, a two midfielders of a 4.5. I tried that at the beginning of the season, but clearly I was I was short on, in terms of the benches and so on. We've been, I've been in place with Livramento, but I, I doubt that there is another option in attack yeah, or in yeah, no. midfield that can do what he does. So. Yeah. I think I think in a setup where you draw three at the back and is edging it a bit. But if you draw four at the back, maybe there is a case for drawing for Tony. Tony still he has penalties, right? So he does, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. not quite happened very good yet. But okay, yeah. cool. cool.
1: Well, hopefully that answers all you guys' questions. Move on to the next one, which is a temp break. Um so FPR elf. He's wondering whether now is the time to shoot for the moon with differentials. He's wondering if there's any better time to attack the template than now. And he points out that amongst midfielders and forwards, you've got, as I mentioned earlier, three players above 40% owned. So Salah, Antonio and Ronaldo. Um, And then you've got Benrahma and Nukaku and 36% each. And then you go all the way down to Bruno 24. And then it's all sort of an even playing field. He says, that up until now, all but Salah have returned peanuts uh, mm-hmm. in the last three game weeks, at least. Mm-hmm. So he says, is now the great opportunity to climb the ranks and reap the rewards from players on the 20 percent owned? Or could it be a fast track, he says, to red arrows? I think this touches on what you were saying earlier about Vardy, you know, 17.7% owned and the second highest scorer. You've got Son as well down there. Even down to the discussion of Embuemo a second ago, where we you know, we said... All this about him. And he's just 2.9% owned, so maybe an FPL friendly, the FPL community, or that is friendly owned, um, but the masses haven't quite jumped on yet. I mean, I think overall, I think is it the time to punt like mad? I think we're quite bunched up. And I mentioned this earlier mm. on in that spotting the, those opportunities to jump on a player obviously didn't work out with me this week with Trossard, but jumping on a a situation like that where you can get that kind of immediate explosion and also jumping off players at the right time Lights of yeah. Ben Rama lights of Antonio they become so important now especially if as we spoke about earlier on Salah becomes the captain doing our jaws I mean Anthony as I said earlier during the lights of late riser on that Werner train I mean what do you think about kind of making those big punts against the template Karen we kind of touched on this already but is anything you'd add on that?
0: Yeah, uh, pretty much we echo we what we mentioned earlier in the pod. I think the opportunities are there now. Uh, the boat has not sailed yet. I think there are still opportunities to come. There's some opportunity with the likes of Vardy, for example. I can mention it. I promise I won't. Uh, but he's someone <laughs> who has kicked in three games ago. I think you have to find a bit of a balance. Depends on how maverick you are or how brave you are. You have to find a balance between keeping some of those template players. They are a template players for a reason, right? Antonio yeah, always has the ability to deliver. So for, you can't go without, I would say, Lukaku, Antonio, Sala, for example, all of them out. No, I, I, I think that's a bit too much. But find the right balance. Don't have too many punt players in, in your team. Might be, might be the way to go. I like, I like the opportunities that's coming up. I think there will be a, na- a natural shift. With Kane in Geometry 12, how 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 much he is he uh there were Like five, five, five percent, yeah, something no, like no, that. No, near
1: twenty percent, that's for sure.
0: No, yeah. So Kane, son would be will be players that people will look at at the expense of whom? Maybe Lukaku, maybe Ronaldo. So over the time there will be there will be natural shift. Okay.
1: Well, I think this links nicely into the city midfielder. And oh. um, so FPL Richard and FPL Banger both asked about City Mids. So Rich went with Mahrez, uh, a one-week plan, oh, or as a Banger asks if we should just skip the City Mids field altogether and go for the likes of Son instead. So I, I've been burnt by this. I um, had Ferran, obviously, and I was hoping that he would play... Tapped out this week. Um but I'd i probably gone for Foden if I could have afforded it. Mm. I told Hindi Monkey actually, Karan, to buy Bernardo Silva. He ignored me. Did you? Oh he my god. Ignored me. And um he well, now was, a like, a, well, he's in the mud. He's in the mud. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't know a couple of people also punched on Gundogan. Um, Grealish is the highest own, but yeah. I, I guess you know what you're getting into the city midfielders, right? I mean, they've got yeah. eleven different goal scorers so far this season, yeah. and in a five 0 win, you're just as likely to get an assist as you are a brace. So I just wonder hmm. if it's worth dispensing with the lineup jitters, you know, around eleven fifty five on Saturday afternoon, and just think, nah, it's over. I'm done. I'm happy with Cancelo. I mean, what? I mean, you're a big City fan. For those who don't know, I mean, what's your view on the City mids? I mean, is it even worth going there? If we're not going to shut out for De Bruyne,
0: it's tough. I mean, last week before the um, what was the game? Burley game, the, the customary that the, the, what should have been a customary five nil win <laughs> that didn't happen. I was a strong advocate for Torres, as people listened to the uh, to the scoutcast last year which before we hear about the news. I was really tempted to do SAR to Torres myself, and then when we hear the news, I was like, oh, I'm jealous I can't switch to to Mahrez. Because of the funds, and I can't do that without a minimum of minus eight. And I didn't do that, and I got away with it. I mean, in this situation, if you didn't buy any of them, I don't think that yeah. you're gonna buy now. I think I think the the strong run is three-game weeks. You buy now for Brighton, Crystal Palace after the Champions League games, you already kind of gonna miss the, the roulette. It will hit you in one of the two, so it, yeah. you might end up with that pick zero out of two or one out of two instead of two out of three, which is acceptable. And then you will look at somewhere else with Man United away. Maybe Everton home is is a good fixture, but will you keep him before that? I, I think with the other dis- players that we discussed, like a son, like uh, um, the other strikers, that I think if you have one of them, I would keep. They are they are kind of don't buy. Don't sell at the moment, but if you really are keen on jumping early on a sun, for example, I don't mind that move. Uh, you might be able to be ahead of the curve potentially yeah. with sun, for example.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so that's my view. I'm I'm content when it comes to them. Um, but if you have a plan, if you are determined to draw matters to mount in game week nine, then just do it. I think it's a decent future. Coming back to the original question, I think, I think I will hold. One more, give them the Brighton
1: one. Yeah, I, I think you said about don't buy, don't sell is key <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm quite happy to be out of it, and I'm not really looking at buying another yeah. one in. No. And there's obviously great rewards to be had if you get the right one. Um, but yeah. the diversity and goal scorers, um, and the, the the unreliability of any of those players, um, probably just kills it for me. Um, but yeah, yeah. definitely one which has obviously been there, but now that Burnley game's yeah. done I'm less yeah. interested. Yeah. Uh, the funny one uh, this week is Defensive Futures. So FPL Jack, a shout out to FPL Jack. He's been a bit unwell recently, but he's a top guy. I've met him a couple of times um, in my FPL meetup life. Um, I hope he gets better soon. Um, um, but he asked if Bigger the Back is here to stay. It was just a fad, Karam. And uh, FPL Bean Counter um, asks a question along the same line, saying that because obviously this week the Chelsea and City heavy defence saw the rage, there was some heavy rotation. Um, and Chelsea, uh, they're really good not playing, for example. Could there be some value defenders later on the line that will catch our eye? What do you think about this, really, from the beginning? I mean, do you think big of the back is just a bit of a fad at the moment? Or do you think that it's here
0: to stay? Yeah, I think I think it's real. I think it's a thing now. Uh, if you look at the top points to scorers so far from the defenders, they are from City, Liverpool and Chelsea. And you find the mix, uh Duffy, Pinnock, and Janssen. But apart from that, they are really players from three teams pretty much, right? Looking at City defense stats, they are scary. They don't allow shots. You, you don't come inside the box. you just too good at the back. Um, so I think the investment in them is never too late, just to link with the previous question. I think this, the attack I would... I'll be content, but it's never too late to invest in the defence. Same goes for Chelsea, although, as, as, as um, I read last last uh, night, the defensive stats were not good enough, but they sort of get away with these clean sheets. But I hope these kind of things improve. With yeah, the couple yeah. of fixtures coming up, I think. I think you can grow three players plus strength, so there's a case for four players double city, or <laughs> yeah, Chelsea. Really and Trent. Is, yeah. You look that's,
1: like the... that's what I've got, yeah. I've got, him, yeah, Christensen, yeah. Aspidaqueta, Cancelo, and Trent. Obviously, Christensen's five, so it's a bit different,
0: but yeah, no, I'm along yeah. those lines, yeah. I think otherwise. I don't have that setup. I have white as uh, been white as um, kind of an enabler. I have a city coverage. I have a trend, and I have been white, rotating with. No, I wouldn't. wish Williams is not not playing, but yeah, uh, Livramento. That's the one. So if I'm gonna bring another one, I would probably try and stretch to them. But if the setup does not permit, then there might be a few options where with good features am really can come in i think i think someone is a bit over uh, under the radar is Shaloba of, of chelsea at five million he's getting decent minutes um and at five million is a type oh, of where yeah. you can digest oh, yeah. i wish
1: i wish it didn't exist i uh, think so our christensen yeah. owner so it's definitely the same sort of level <laughs> so Christensen uh, uh, seems to have signed a contract
0: recently so i'm hoping that he's kind of higher in mm. the packing order yeah yeah um, I mean, what do you think of the budget defenders, like the less than five million? Are you still on keen on the likes of uh, Wolves defenders? You've got Cody, oh, for example. Is that, he definitely not? Definitely. I mean, mm. I,
1: I think that um, in in, in answer to the first question, i think big at the back, as you said earlier, I mean, uh, usually I think it's a thing now. I think for the next three weeks, I think Jack have originally asked that question. Um, mm. I'd say it's a fad in some senses, but for the next three weeks, it's definitely there. And mm. um, that's just because having assist defender for free, easy looking games, uh, Brighton, Palace and United, that like, they're all looking easy at the moment. They, you know, it's not looking great. And it's obviously a defender for three easy-looking games in Norwich, Newcastle and Burnham. Owning one of them or two of them, three of them, looks pretty logical. Um, but I guess in terms of those kind of cheaper players, I mean, uh, maybe there's a bit of a f- faith shake in this week, which is a little bit kind of out of the ordinary because Rudiger didn't play. Mm. Diaz came off the bench. Um, if uh, that's probably not going to be the normal outcome, I, it it would happen I don't
0: anything. No. We're not minute many often. Yeah, I think both those players are likeliest to be playing.
1: Um, my only kind of thing with the low price filler sort of picks are that it's better to go with the ownership percentages, um, which I try to do in game week four when I wildcard in Cody, because I think that you go to Maverick and you end up like me with a less owned player. Um, but what you also see is that you have basically everybody else. I mean, you, see, you don't see it because you've got Livermanto. What I see is that I'm literally looking at the Southampton games now and I'm hoping that Southampton can seed because I know that there's a load of people yeah. who are hoping for a Livermanto clean sheet. So in these sorts of situations, I think it's best to go with the percentages, actually. Um, so I'd be looking at Duffy or I'd be looking at Levermento. The fixtures the best for Levermento. I think he's the third highest owned below 4.5 million defender. I mm-hmm. go with him 100% and just kind of just get out of any sort yeah. of negativity because there's enough validity in getting more expensive defenders. And um, mm-hmm. So for the filler, you want to just kind of go with the filler, which is going to cover your bum uh, when things go wrong. One thing I would note is that Burnley, um, I think will eventually emerge from this malaise and start churning out clean sheets. Not interested in to decide the I B, but from game week twelve up until game week twenty, they play teams in and around them, and no top four team. So the likes of Loughton and my man Charlie Taylor. Yeah, uh, could show up again in teams. All right, let's move on uh, to our uh, transfers and captains, uh, Karen, and get, get that out of the way. Um, yeah. I'll go first because I'm really, really boring this week. Um, so I'm probably going to roll the transfer this week. So I've got Gwaytar and horrible. I'll give him one more week because he's playing Newcastle at home. If they concede <laughs> in the Do last again, Karen, I'm going to <laughs> one. Actually, rage. No, I'm kidding. But I'm gonna. I'm, I, I, I will laugh harder, and but I will be selling him. <laughs> um, and uh, but yeah, it, worst transfer ever. And um, but yeah, I'll give him one more week
0: to so Newcastle. I, I think have. you would <laughs> encourage me to sell my Meslier as well. Understand which you do that. So when you do it, let me know. So I, I can will rage I will.
1: with you. This, <laughs> this means for both of us. I mean, you have got Wolves at home for Melier. I've got Greater at home. Um, I'm sure there's going to be a you know a cal. Wilson goal in the last minute for me yeah, uh, 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 yeah M- M- race, last yeah. minute yeah for you uh, but we're way goals I'll leave it there the back four I'm pretty happy with so as yeah, Kristensen, and Cancelo I don't know if Kristensen is going to play obviously I've got Cody first bench so fine midfield Rafinha Salah Benderama and Mbwemo and then uh, up front Antonio Lukaku I've got Tres- Trossard and Dennis kind of we have got a lot of bench depth I um, don't know if I'm going to be captioning Lukaku or Sally yet, um, yeah. but I will see how that goes. I'm not entirely sure. Um, just to voice over where Anthony is. Anthony is uh, said to me that he's uh, perhaps going to be moving on. Uh, he's mm. got three million in the bank now. Um, so he's got a lot that he can play with. Um, he said he might um, move on Sanchez um, and go up to Edison, or he might move on Ben Benrahma. Uh, but he's in a 4-3-3, three, three, um, still a, a, a kind of a relic of um, his freemium times. So he have got Sanchez and goal. Cancelo, Cody, White, and the Femento at the back. Hmm, that's not as good as a... Uh, no, it's yeah. okay. Uh, Saka, hmm, okay, that's a bit of a problem. Uh, he's got a captain, the bus captain on Salah um and uh rafinha out front he's got the double up lukaku and verna and he's got antonio he's also got ridical on the bench and if he's fit obviously he comes in and things look a, bit, a lot better um but i'm actually a little bit worried about him having lukaku and verna i'm pretty sure that that's the sort of kind of double up which could on um, a week where everything goes well end up with him having a
0: 90 plus week um let's see
1: and finally karen uh where are you
0: yeah, I'm going with Miller in goal, Cancelo, TA, and I actually swapped. If you are watching the video, I have white in the 11, but I swapped for Livramento. So it's going to be Livramento in back three. Salah is there, Rafinha is there, and I'm going to get to Buemo, not next week, the week after, after Leicester. And it's a last show between Salah and Gray, who are facing each other. I definitely know that the game will end in there, but we'll try my best. So I'll keep them for one more week, see who does does well, <laughs> and ship the other. Have
1: you not like thought about having SAR on the bench and then playing livremento and uh, white and playing 4-3-3? Yeah,
0: I considered this bit for, for 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 a few minutes, but um I didn't like the arsenal defence this this night uh, against Palace, and nope. I think <laughs> no Vela,
1: that, that's the thing, isn't
0: it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We thought that okay, they are decent now. They are comparatively to keep, keep uh, tons of clean sheets, but uh, t- tonight was a bit different. So I think Vela ha- have more capability to score against Arsenal. So I think I will yeah, I will leave yeah. with White on the bench and start Rominto. I think both teams can score. I think what has it changed. What for did not change has been really bad against, but it's against Liverpool. But Sar has been moved to the number nine and he hit the post. So maybe he will be an out of position for the new formation with Ranieri. Yes, and maybe. it's not a, maybe, yeah, maybe not, but maybe. And I don't think Everton is a team that can like say, okay, that's a two-pointer. I, I fancy this game to be a bit high scoring. And also Rosford Gray, he's been playing all around. I don't know what's his. Really, position is it a wing? Is it central? He's all over the pitch, which is good and bad. (laughs) It's not working out yet, so I'm giving both of them a chance. Um. I would feel gutted if one of them scores and the other one is on the bench uh, and he's on the bench and yeah, the other one yeah, blank. Okay. So I'll just play I'd, both. Yeah
1: I'd, yeah, I'd, yeah, I'd rather, I'd rather ben, mm-hmm. uh, ben White bench in that situation. Yeah, boring, exactly. but he's centre back coming. I mean, it's very unlikely. In yeah, exactly,
0: exactly. And lastly, uh, Antonio, Lukaku, and Vardy. Lukaku captain. I don't think I will change it unless we hear something like it's a perfect. You know what? worries me about Lukaku if yeah. he plays if he plays the Champions League. This Is a perfect game way to bench him and he might come on for a point. Yeah, I, I,
1: I, I think oh. they need, they need, they, he needs a goal. I'm he sure needs a goal, huh? They, but yeah, okay, yeah, I, think, I think so. Yeah, all right. Well, I think that's your lot this week. Um, thanks for listening. We will hook up with this. List. Uh, can you please give us a five star review like what we heard? Um, on yeah. whatever podcast you're listening to, podcast website listening to that is. Um, YouTube, you can find us on there. If you are the kind of person who does like to watch rather than listen, and um, there are probably a few more mistakes. It'll be less finessed um, than the uh, uh, the sound file, but there you go. Uh, correspondence, um, in Anthony's absence. Um, that is who got this at gmail.com. Anything you want to add, any kind of question you want us to debate at length or indeed any question that you just think, well, I want to have my time um, of these guys' attention. Just do it. The lead code is 2IP43T. And thanks very much, Karen, for coming on. Absolute lifesaver and abs- Anthony's uh, sudden absence. But yeah, um, I really enjoyed podding with you. Um, I'm glad to speak to you in person. Uh, the last time we spoke was on the Scout cast for about two years ago. Great to have you on, man.
0: Yeah, I'm pleased to be on. Thanks for having me. And uh, well, hopefully next week's set will be ready to come back. Huh?
1: Thanks, man. Thanks for coming on. Cheers. Well, either way, we hope this is you think about We'll be you for Captain Salah for the next few weeks. We'll be back next week. Thanks very much for listening. we will speak to you very, very soon. Goodbye. Bye. Oh, it's a goal. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? Sports Social Podcast Network.